passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Ferguson, joining with Reed Bacon. We have a very exciting podcast today. Before we get into that, please rate and review if you're listening on all your podcast platforms. Please subscribe and like and hit that notification bell if you're on YouTube. And also leave a comment and let us know how we're doing over here. It helps the algorithm very, very much. And follow us on social media at Kyler Kerbison, at rbacon26 to read, and at Believe in Tennessee for our main account. Um, now, this episode, great one. We talk about SEC Media Day. We talk about NCAA violations coming out uh, during the Jeremy Pruitt era. We talk about our guys being all SEC. We've got eight different players um, making that media team. And we also talk about a new commit in Nathan Leacock. So, huge pack show. Uh, it's going to be great. Great fun. Let's jump into it. By the game. Snap. The kick is in the air, and the kick this time is no, sir, Reed. No, sir, Reed. Final score Tennessee 20, Florida 17. Pandemonium reigns. Loads up. Fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught. Tennessee, Tennessee wins! by Tennessee. Jawan Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. Down at the 35, to the 40, to the 45, to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. What did he do? All he did was score. Joey Pitt. Touchdown on play number one. All right, so before we get into the podcast, we got to shout out our number one sponsor, betonline.ag. You guys know, I say it every podcast, it is the place to go for all your betting news and odds and sports, everything. That This is the place, okay? With BetOnline, you get the most up-to-date fighting news. You get to bet on MLB games going on right now, NFL. I mean, you can bet on anything, team total wins, division wins, uh, individual players, all of it, okay? So now is the time to sign up. At Bet Online. you can sign up on your mobile device or you can uh, go online, get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 
Just use the promo code BELIEVE at checkout. That's B-L-E-A-V. And you get that 50% welcome bonus. So listen, y'all, please use that. Please go to bet online when you're doing all your sports betting. It makes things a lot more fun and a lot more interesting. Um, and I always love them. They're the place to go. Bet online. It's where the game starts. All right. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, another amazing podcast for you. Um, have a lot of news to get into. Um, and disclaimer, uh, we're about to do the regular start of the podcast, but there will be golf talk because I have already heard the story from Reed. So if you don't want to listen to golf talk, now is your time to fast forward. Trigger warning. Trigger warning right now. But Reed, how are we doing, bud? <laughs> <laughs> oh Kyler I'm well man I'm well I'm a little I'm a little not as amped up as usual I'm a little tired I just got done running and working out so still trying to just getting you know just getting fit and juicy I'm trying but uh, anyways yes cr- crazy awesome weekends <laughs> the slight slight bittersweet um but my dad got his first hole in one so incredible for Roberto, as we call Snaps him. Snaps for uh, Mr. Bacon. Yeah, so his name is Robbie. It's actually Robert Reed Bacon. I'm Robert Campbell Reed Bacon, but he goes by Robbie. My uncle, Lou, gave him a joking alter ego, Roberto, which is his alter ego when he likes to, you know, play golf, drink a little brews, have a little fun. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, Roberto – uh, got his first hole in one, and it was at Holson Hills, uh, number eight. It was like 130 yards, and uh, the bittersweetnesses. I was not playing with him, so <laughs> for whatever reason, yesterday after mass, I decided. I and I, I don't want to say rarely because there are times where, or there's a there's been phases where I do work out on Sundays, kind of start the week. Yeah, but uh, I just you know I didn't work out. I ran Friday, but didn't lift, and then didn't do anything Saturday. So you know sometimes you just for me, I'm just ready to get in there mentally. I need it. I said so. I'm gonna go to mass. I'm gonna go in, do a little core, a little back therapy, and work out a little bit before golf. Like it'll be good for my lower back. And so I said, Dad, you and some of your guys go play, and I'll meet you at the turn. You know we live right on the golf course. It's not a big deal. So. Mm-hmm. We've done it before. So he calls me on number eight. He says, Hey, we're about to, we're finishing up seven. We're about to tee off on eight. Go ahead and like change if you're going to come down and join us. I said, Okay. So I get up and I basically put, I had just finished eating some food. And so to give you guys the time lapse, I literally stand up, go put the food, dry it off, put it in the dishwasher. And I'm walking back to my bedroom. And he's calling me again. And I'm like, What the is he calling me again for? Like, I'm getting, like, I, you know, what, what's going on? And, yeah. And I answered, I said, yeah. I said, what's up? And he goes, I just did it. I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, no way. He's like, yeah, I just got my first hole in one. I said, no way. He said, yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah, I did. And I was like, wow, that is incredible. And so I said, well, I'm getting changed. I'll see you in a minute. So I drove up there. and They were finishing nine on the green at nine when I pulled down there. I just walked up and gave him a hug, saying congratulations. And I felt bad for not being there because. You're the always weird- there. Yeah, it's like he and I, yeah, like my dad's my favorite person to play golf with. Like I yeah. love playing with him. And um I would say 
I mean, I would say 80% of the time he's playing, I'm with him. I mean, there's a stretch when football season starts that Saturdays and Sundays I want to watch. So he'll go out, and as we jokingly call him, his boyfriends. He'll go out and play on a Saturday morning or a Sunday. You know, Sunday, I'm, I'm going to church and watch the Titans. Like, it, it's just yeah. like, you know, so I think last year I played on a Sunday one time, and it's because the Titans lost, and I was pissed and had to get out of the house. Yeah, so, or they were so, losing so bad in the third quarter, you're like, I got to get the hell out of here. No, it was actually when we lost to the Jets. So I watched the entire thing. Ooh. It was you know, I watched the entire thing and got mad. But, yeah, anyway, so – it was the people he was playing with were are some of our neighbors and great, great people. And so they, you know, recorded him getting the ball out and took pictures of him. And um, they, actually one of our neighbors got a really cool picture of the kind of lower down on the green and you could see where his ball hit. And then you can see where it rolled up and went in. So yeah, special. It was special. And then anyway, go ahead, I go go ahead and uh, send me some of those pictures and I'll, I'll put them in the podcast. Awesome. Okay. I will. I'll definitely will. Um, but yeah, so then I went up there. We just restarted, and I, I within so then he and I played eighteen, and so he ended up playing twenty seven holes yesterday, and just uh, living life. He living life, man. It was so it was it was awesome. It was awesome. But um, last thing I'll say about my weekend is nice church service at Sacred Heart, and guess who was there? So we've had Mister. We've had Danny White. I've seen Coach Martinez there. Some we have Trevor Duncan and his family are are usually there. Yesterday, Coach Hype was there. There we go. So, Big Daddy Hype, Kate and him and his family were walking in right as it started, right when I was. I actually happened to be wearing my UT polo yesterday. Um, and uh, we walked in, and he, I sat on one side, him and his family sat on the other side. And I was like, you know what? I'm glad to see Coach Hype here. This is, this is good. He said he needs, <laughs> this is he needs, good. This is good. He needs, he needs to get a little little Jesus in his life. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was great to see him. I thought about going over there and saying, now let me tell you what we need to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't walk up to him and be like, Coach, you need to come on the podcast. No, no. I almost was going to – if I would said anything, I'd be like, hey, I'll see you at practice in a couple weeks. <laughs> He'd have been like, no, it, I don't know like, you. What? Who are you? Yeah, and I'd be like, I come with Kyler Kerberson, you know. <laughs> fall for life fall for life me maybe yeah so can how was your weekend? can i get a jersey <laughs> how was your weekend uh it was good um we uh found a, a home to rent which is what we've been looking for we've, we've been in a downtown apartment for the past two years in nashville and it gets to a point all those woo-woo girls and those pedal taxis and those tractors pulling buses and all that noise it gets to a point where it's like all right downtown living i'm i'm good like <laughs> it, there is convenience but geez it's loud so finally found a place um over in east nashville so i'm excited that we're get out of the house we've we're gonna have some doors in our apartment um we have kind of like a circular apartment right now and the cats just like to run in circles and go everywhere um and that's another opportunity too now that i have a yard i can get a dog um because are you going to huh are you gonna get a dog yeah that's exciting yeah so you know you said it's a it's a house in east nashville yeah it's a house in east nashville um but now we have a yard so 
I can actually get a dog being in this apartment and you're on the 16th floor. It's like yeah. very difficult to, you know, have to take a dog out multiple times yeah. a day. So all yeah. that good stuff. But yes, very exciting. You could you could have got a dog and just held him up like this over the balcony and just let him spray. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do my little Michael Jackson, just holding yeah. the kid out over the balcony. Yeah. Or are you gonna have uh, your? Are you gonna be able to have your own room and set up? Because I know you've been wanting to do that, so you can just have leave all your stuff set up. Yep. So we got a two bedroom. So I will no longer have to be doing this in the bathroom while my wife is cooking right behind my head. Um, we can now have a different setup. I can go into that room. I can leave all of this stuff for the process set up. So I'm very excited about that. That's one. That's yeah. I, I basically have it set up here. I mean, I take some stuff down, but yeah, my apartment or excuse me, in my house that I used to live in, I could just walk in, basically plug the phone in. I was ready to go. So it was yeah. really nice. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's jump into everything we got to talk about. First, we're going to start with our new commit, uh, wide receiver Nathan Leacock. Uh, don't do that, Reed. Don't think dirty. Oh, I'm, 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 already, I'm already saving it from when I Don't talking. be nasty. Don't be nasty, Reed. Um, so, with this guy, he's a three-star, and I think he's a three-star literally because of his size and speed. I think that's what makes him a three-star is size and speed. I think I'm really, like, watching his film. I'm like, yeah, this guy's fast, and, yeah, this guy's bigger than other people. But – I'm not like, yeah, this guy runs amazing routes or yeah, this guy can turn on a dime um, or yeah, he's very intricate. This seems like, and I, just from watching film, that he does a few things well, but there's not a lot of depth to what he can do on the field. Now, could that be just coaching in high school being like, hey, I just want you to be in the slot and I want you to run these three routes because that's what it looks like. They haven't run a slant, they haven't run a go, and they have them do a bubble screen. <laughs> and that pretty much is it. Um, I'm not sure if that's just coaching, hey, let's simplify it, or it's like, hey, we need to simplify this for Nathan. Um, my comparison for him is like, and in no way am I saying he is this player, but like a DK Metcalf where he's big and he can get the ball over people. Like he does have a highlight. He literally reaches over a dude's head and grabs it. But there's not the lateral movement, like out of this world lateral movement, like you would see out of some speedier wide receivers. But I'll tell you what, running in a straight line, he'll run past you because he's got the stride to do it. Um, and honestly, like, He's not a slot receiver, so I wish he has he would have more reps outside as that outside guy because I feel like that is where he's going to fit in to this hypo offense. What say you? Okay, first off, Nathan Big Cox. <laughs> You're going to get us flagged on YouTube. <laughs> Let me let me let me say this. So I, I disagree with you, actually. I, <laughs> I I anticipated before I started watching him that he was just going to be 
a, just a bigger jump ball, maybe not super athletic. Mm -hmm. But when I watched him, I was very impressed. So the number one thing that jumped out about him compared to – I don't want to say compared to other receivers we've watched because we haven't watched a ton this year um, that, that I can really remember. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm trying to even think of last year's class because they had a lot. But I thought he caught with his hands very, very well. Like That I, is true. I, I, so I, I'm watching it again, but I remember watching it last night because I knew we were going to talk about him. And I didn't see anything where he let the ball get into it, which is – I love to see that because there's some guys that are absolute dogs, but, like, yeah. they, they, they're body catchers. And so it's like it's, it's like you Come just on. hope they make the catch because if they make the catch, they're going to be special with it. Yeah. But – sometimes it makes me a little bit nervous when they let it get into their body. And if you use your hands, it only extends your, your whole range of motion. Now, now, so that's the first thing that jumped out at me. The second thing that jumped out at me is when they did throw him a bubble screen, I was not expecting that for a guy who's six, four, two twenty, or six, three, 200. I I've seen a bunch of different stuff on him. I mean, rivals yeah. at rivals has him at six, four, one ninety five. I think on his Twitter, maybe he has like six three two hundred. So there's, but anyway, he's a big, bigger guy. But the fact that they did throw him a bubble route, like he's a 5'11", 175 jitterbug, and he can make guys move. I think he is pretty fluid for his size. I mean, he does take off and leave people. And yeah, that's what I felt like there was more of on those bubble screens, not necessarily like you know, joystick kind of stuff. It was just like, I'm hitting this sprint button. I'm going. Yeah. And, and I agree with that, but there, but there's a, there's, he's not. So people are watching me on YouTube. He's not pop, pop, pop. And then, and juking you and leaving you. But then again, he also wasn't just like, catch it, turn up field and run straight. Like he had some moves and some wiggle and like, he was good at mm -hmm. breaking. Like my point is whether you catch a bubble and you just like um, like Callaway last year against against Pitt, he literally he caught it, made like one side move. It was a good block by Central Company House called it, or whether you catch it and you're, you know, like I said, juke one, juke two, break a tackle, spin move, and gone. Maybe like VJ did. Yeah. You know that. You know, there, those are the two different things. But there's also still catch it, maybe make a move, break a tackle, and kind of weave. And you know, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You can kind of you kind of weave with, instead with of those field. bubble screens. It's, it it really is like you could end up anywhere on the field. Like yeah, I know you're on that side, but you could end up squeezing between however your blocks set themselves up. That's how you're supposed to do it. Some guys get to the outside because that's how the blocks got set up, or some guys have to wiggle their way inside. So yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like it it, it all depends on how it's set up. Yeah, and yeah, I just. I guess the point I'm trying to make is, yeah, he's not a jitterbug, but he is good with the ball in his hands after the catch, better than I expected for someone that's his size. Mm -hmm. And if he really is a 4-4 guy, I mean, he leaves he, people. He I, looks I, like I, it. I, he does look like it. And he does look like a typical big, big speedster, meaning it takes him a little bit to get going. But once he gets going, like he's gone. Now, I'll say I don't know about this competition that he was playing. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes it looked okay, other times not so much. But I really, Kyler, I was really impressed. And the only thing that I can think of 
that why he was – and I want to come to you on this, why you said why nobody's a three-star because of size. I'm thinking yeah. I'm thinking why is he not a four-star because of his size? Because I think, at least film-wise, it was better than I was expecting. Yeah. And I don't know why with the size, speed, and the film, why he wasn't necessarily a four-star. So – because I feel like that, like if you make him six one two hundred, I get why he's a three star. But I mean, he's a big boy, so like that, I don't know why. I mean, because it almost the way you said it almost was like, well, he should have been a two star if he, you know, if he wasn't as big as he was. Uh, my thought process is, hey, there's this six foot three, two hundred pound wide receiver that runs a four four, wherever, and that's all the information you got. You're probably going to rate him a three star. Okay. Like, that's what I'm saying is like, that gets you to a three star. Now, what bumps you up is your film, your skill, what you do in camps, what you do, you know, on Friday nights. And I did love the plays that he made. I think it was really great. But like, I, I literally think like him running a seam route from the slot and just running straight and throwing his hand up is like. Uh, like I'm not going to write home about that. I'm not like super excited about that. There was definitely plays of wide receivers that we that are in this same 2023 class, like White Lightning. Um, like I mean, wa- I remember watching Carnell's tape. It's just like there were plays that they made that were just, just a lot more like eye popping and impressive on film. And I think that's what this guy has against him. The fact that it is every single play is either a seam, go route, a bubble, or a slant. And that's it. And it's like, I need I need more out of you. Where's your kick return highlights? You know what I mean? Where's your post? Where's your corner route? Where, where's your dig? Like, I, it's just like, I need a little bit more to, to make me feel like, hey, let's bump this guy to a four-star. Okay. Okay. I, I feel like in the year or two, the two years that we've been doing this and the people we've watched, I really only came away with a receiver that I thought was that impressive doing all those things was honestly that I can remember off the top of my head was Chase Nimrod. Is, is his last name Nimrod? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I thought Chase, I thought Chase was awesome because he was doing everything. Like mm-hmm. he was doing the digs, the slants, the outs, the, you know, you know, deep outs, the post, the whatever. Yeah. So that's why I always said, like, I was excited about him because I felt like he was just almost like, you know, quote unquote, pro ready, like he was college ready. But then again, like, watching Heupel's offense, I don't, I mean, we have a couple rollout plays where they're deep outs, maybe. You know, we might have a couple plays where you got some dig routes and stuff like that. But I do feel like he's a, he's a go route or he's a bubble screen or he's a quick hitch guy. And I think all of, I think Nathan could do all those very well. Now, once again, we're talking about these players and we have no idea how intelligent they are football-wise picking up the game and stuff like that. But for me, to see a kid that's as big as him, I was very, very impressed. I thought he caught with his hands well. I thought um, he high-pointed well. I mean, he straight up mossed those two guys. I mean, that's a hell of a highlight. You know, yeah, and I, that one was and very I, good. And, and like I said, I was really impressed with the bubble route. Like, I mean, for a guy his size to catch it and to be able to have some some wiggle and some – he has really good balance too. For his size, like, he gets hit, 
he breaks stuff off. Like it, he doesn't let it, you know, like really affect him and stuff. And I, I don't know, like, I just thought I, I was like, I don't know why this guy's not a four star. And the only thing I can think of was based off maybe the competition wasn't great and people wanted a little bit more production, but from the highlights that I've seen and what they've given him the opportunity to do, whether it's beat people deep, he does it. I love that he catches us with hands. There was a couple across the middle. I'm not going to call him a dig route or a post, but it was kind of an in-between. Mm-hmm. And he does go up and catch it with his hands, and, and a safety hits him, and he just keeps going. Like, I, I'm i I'm still happy with the film, even without, yeah. even without a punt return or even without a hitch. You know, I'd love to see him catch a hitch and, and take it to the house. I think that is super impressive because yeah. a hitch is you go, and you're basically stopped at your momentum, and it's how quick can you turn around and get up and go? Can you make that one guy miss? Can you outrun the safety or outside linebackers that's closing in on you? So I would have loved to have seen that. But for what I see, I think he's I think he's pretty solid. Like I I I, I was I was pleasantly happy with what I saw. Yeah. I, I mean, in no way do I think he's a bad player at all. I think I was just saying, like, I think he's a three-star. Like in my head, like he's a three-star. Like I've seen I've seen enough, and I think people rating too. They're like, I've seen many, many guys line up in the slot, run a go route, and get the ball, and score a touchdown. It's like, I don't know, something else is just. I need a little bit more in my eyes. I need a little bit more. I understand. You know, we have our different opinions. So, if you think he might deserve an extra extra star put up there, but I think this is a great three star get. That, like you said, uh, in Heupel's offense can be very dangerous, even though he is technically a three-star starting out. I I think he's an outstanding three-star. And 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 I'll and I'll go ahead and say this. He had a nice outcatch right here. I forgot about that one on the sideline. But I will say this. People have to remember, I'm not going out and watching highlight films of all these people that commit other places. <laughs> I'm only so so therefore I could go to Alabama or I could go to Notre Dame's or I could go to Ohio State's or even Clemson's and say, let me watch a couple of these receivers. And I might be like, holy man, like this, <laughs> this is, this is different level. I mean, I still say the only highlight tape that I watched, I was like, kind of like jaw dropping for a receiver was that Kyler Crisp kid that went to, that went to Oregon. Like yeah. I, I still never, I still have never seen Cornell Tate and been like, wow, that's a, you know, that's awesome. Like I, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because I guess he didn't have it or, and the kid that Innsworth that we were knocking, someone tweeted us or not tweeted us, but left comments that that was like his freshman year highlights. Yeah, you know, so or sophomore year highlights or whatever. But like that was a very underwhelming film. Like, so so yeah, maybe take it with a grain of salt because I'm just watching people who commit. But yes, for a three star with that size, I, I I like him a lot, and I like that he uses his hands. I yeah, that was something that I did not mention. That you, that that is a great point for like he he every single catch was his hands. He he didn't he didn't have a single body catch. And I freaking hate body catchers. Hate body catchers. I know a couple of UT players that had pretty good careers that were body catchers that Kyler was not a fan of. <laughs> <laughs> and fan and fans would like to know who it was. <laughs> Let me finish that. Let me, let me wrap up on Nathan. Yeah. Big, big juice. So, so like I said, I've seen a bunch of stuff, but obviously his size is great. Um, I think it's a pretty, I mean, it's a good get. I mean, he's a North Carolina kid. 
we should we should win this. Um, the offer list is it's okay. Um, you know, you had Michigan on there. We beat out North Carolina, North Carolina State. Um, but he has Clemson, Georgia, and South Carolina at the bottom. And neither of them, none of the three of them offered. I don't really care that South Carolina didn't offer. I don't, I, I still don't know, understand all this preseason hype they're getting, but whatever. They, uh, uh, I, but but yeah. yeah, I mean, I would have liked to have seen a, Clem, a Clemson or Georgia offer. I, I don't, I don't know why they didn't offer. You know, maybe they have other guys on the roster that they're really happy about. Maybe they didn't feel like they needed a size guy. Um, Hell, but, I, didn't, I didn't get an offer from Clemson because I didn't fit their mold uh, for a tackle. Hmm. They, didn't, they were like, you're not big enough to play tackle. And then, you know, just he was all SEC left tackle, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> not better. Not better. Dude, it's not, like you were, it's not like you were going there anyways. No, but I still wanted I still yeah. wanted it. Yeah, we won all the offers. Won all of them. Um, who was the coach? It wasn't Dabo, was it? Yep. Dan Brooks was the defensive line coach. Yeah. And he was one recruiting me. Was he? Mm-hmm. And he came out and just said, hey, you've got 30-something scholarship offers, but we're not going to offer you? Well, no, the, the, the funny thing was is they – were early in like the recruiting, like one of the first ish schools to really like show interest. I think it was Dan, like seeing, you know, cause he still had ties in Knoxville, like yeah. seeing me. And this was when Clemson was not Clemson. Yeah. It was this like, like, this is, they had like, this Taj is Taj Boyd spring of this is wait, spring of 2010. Uh, when I was getting recruited. So, like, the, they were not, like, Clemson, Clemson. They had not no, won that, that, that yet. Was when they were, that was when they were Clemsoning. Like, they kind of yeah, had – good wide receivers. They had – yeah, they had they had DeAndre Hopkins. And then they also had um, C.J. Spiller. C.J. Spiller and James Davis, I think, were, like, Thunder and Lightning. But, yeah, they were always, like, seven, eight wins. Yeah. The under yeah. I think maybe Josh Boyd was maybe younger then um at that time but yeah that's funny that so yeah what was the conversation like what do you say no i mean it was like yeah we really like you when it comes to coming to a junior day i was like okay yeah great and i went to junior day and then i remember leaving there and they still wouldn't offer me and i was just like okay like screw you guys <laughs> like i'm not returning calls like uh, i don't I, hey so you you were you were expecting when you were there junior day you thought that they were going to offer you and when they didn't then you were like all right see ya yeah, and I thought, like, hey, I'll get a meeting with Dabo and, like, yeah, possibly do that. And then what, what ends up happening is he gets in a meeting with Alan Posey. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I was just like, whatever, dude. I'm not, I'm not worried about you anymore. <laughs> did, they, did they call you? Uh, they kept sending mail, and Coach Brooks would call every now and then whenever he could. Because, you know, they had, like, the timetables yeah. of when you could reach out to recruits. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was it was done pretty much. <laughs> Plus, I like, Clemson was very much like, uh, maybe, I guess. Like, if I don't yeah. – like, I, I, you know, I was trying to get the big fish. Yeah. You know, trying to get that Tennessee offer. So, I wasn't super worried about Clemson. Bunch of but, losers. All right, let's jump, let's jump into 
uh, I guess SEC Media Day and all SEC players kind of ties in one. Yeah, uh, sure, that I, works. Yeah, I don't really care about SEC Media Day. I know there's a couple – I saw a couple things on Twitter. I saw the one thing that you saw in uh, 104.5 in Nashville uh, yeah. asked – who would you rather have, Hinton Hooker yourself for a game-winning drive? And I thought the answer was cold-blooded. And I think it's the truth. Everyone's yeah, perfect. Everyone's going to have Hinton Hooker. Well, I also think it's the truth. I would much rather have – no no, no disrespect to Hype, <laughs> but I'd rather have Hinton Hooker because I also want Hype on the sidelines. Yeah. So. He's like, he's got better coaching. I mean, that like one of the best responses ever. Um, yeah. Absolutely love that. I love the – uh, you know, question about, hey, have you had to sign any mustard bottles or golf balls because Lane Kiffin won't shut up about it? And he goes, no, but I wish I had a golf ball that night. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Just kidding. Because he yeah. knows they'll freak out about it. But I, yeah, I thought I thought those answers were like, yes, I will show some character. I love that about you. Um, and then everything else, literally from every other coach, from every player, from Heifel himself, is just chalk. It's just you know, coach talk, it's hyping up yourself, not being mean to anybody else, like all that stuff. That's just kind of what comes out of SEC media day. So you can't like, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Did you, did you listen to anything the coaches said? Cause I, I only thing I ever heard, only thing I saw was that on, on Twitter, but I didn't listen to any coach talk. I didn't listen to anything of anything. No, no, okay, I didn't. I didn't. It's yeah, I didn't either because it's just it's just a waste of time. I did see on Twitter that the I guess the Vandy coach said that Vandy can be <laughs> one of the programs in the country. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I, I know that he has to preach something, but don't say the best. Just say we could be one of the premier programs in the SEC. Like, <laughs> you know, like I don't know, just word it a different. What are you going to do? Like, I mean, as a Vandy coach, it's just like you put your hands up. Stupid, bro. They shouldn't even be in the SEC. The only reason I like them being in the SEC is because then we get a free win. Nice every free year. win, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, who knows? They might get bumped out with all these teams bumping in. So, um, it's just the, the reason that I don't want them in the SEC is because like they don't take it serious. It's like their yeah. administration doesn't want them to be good. Like I remember when I lived in Nashville. Hell, you live there now. Like. I was listening to sports talk and bandy fans are calling in like pissed off. Like, what are we doing? And then like, no one's ever going to like take, you know what I mean? Like take it serious. No, never. So we can talk about the all SEC guys. I'll, I'll uh, eight. I have it pulled up here. I'll read them off. Yeah. Eight different guys. I wrote, I wrote them down. Hey, I okay. prep. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, so this is the media all SEC but consists of Hendon, Cedric, Darnell, Cooper, Byron, uh, Banks, uh, Flowers, and Paxton at punter. The thing I noticed and the thing I wanted to point out the most is there is one guy on this list that made first team all SEC. Only one. And it's not, it's not QB1. It's not Cedric after an amazing season last year. It's that boy Byron Young. It's the Byron Young, the freaking beast of a defensive end that I've loved since day one, since watching his film last year in this in his recruiting class. And rightfully so. Like this guy fits apart. He's an amazing player. And I think he can just be even better this year for us. And like really that 
oh, shit, here comes number six off the edge kind of guy. Because that's what you want out of a defensive end. Yeah. I think he's I think he's great for the younger guys that we've gotten. I think he is going to be a stud this year. I just like any of these guys who it's their last year and have a chance to really make a name. I I pray for for safety uh, for, mm-hmm. for guys and not just Tennessee players too, but all around the country. I hate injuries. Uh, it's just it's really it's it's a brutal and sad thing. So. I just I hope that he has his opportunity to ball out and showcase because I remember the first time we saw him in person, I was like, he looks great. Like he looks like he was made in a lab. Yeah. But he didn't look like a Will Anderson. He didn't look like a Bama, a Georgia outside linebacker that maybe I, and that's my fault, was thinking about, or maybe even an LSU guy, where I'm thinking six four. Six, you know, six four, six three and a half, six five, two forty, two fifty, two sixty. But long. I mean, I remember the first time I saw him. Honestly, he looked like in his pads. He looked like a like a boxer, like just a big, big, yeah. just muscular little muscle of ball, like a ball of muscle. Like, and I'm not saying he was small by any means. Like, I don't mean he's short, but he almost just looked like a dog running back or like, um, you know. And, and, and the funny thing is we go – we saw spring practice this year, and he's even bigger. Like, he's even thicker. He's even wider. Like, he, he – to me, he looked bigger. And I was like, wow, that's, that's trouble for these people because he's going to use that, that height to his advantage because, yeah. like, Elvis Dumerville back in the day, using that bend, using that size, like, you know, you might not be 6'3", 6'4", 6'5". doesn't matter because you're lower to the ground. You're going to use that bend. Um, so I was really happy to see that. Um, yeah. and I'm really happy to see him at practice when we go. And yeah, I think, I think his feet and his hands, I think, yeah, I think his speed's a joke. So I think, I, I think, <laughs> I know. and I, I think mean, he, I like looking, watching, seeing the practice that we saw last year, the games, like, I truly believe like he is, he's a better rusher of the passer than, I mean, I might put him over Tyler Barron, like. I think Tyler is more. Oh, a better, I, would I would definitely put him over Tyler. Barrett. A better like overall. Like I think Tyler is very good against the run. I think he is also has his skills when it comes to pass rushing, and like I've seen him drop in coverage. I've seen him chase down, you know, stuff. So I like Tyler Barron as an overall, but like a rush guy, that's it. Because I'm telling you, dude, as a tackle, like all you're do like I. All I did, like the very first thing I did was pull up third and longs of the team we were playing and look for the guy that everyone talked about on their team. Okay, who's their best pass rusher? Who's going to be going against me? And that was like first thing every week when we played because that's the guy that will disrupt the entire game. So you you got to take it serious, which is why like I love Byron so much. It's like, do you can be – literally a game changer like you don't understand how important you are like Derek Barnett made us win six games in 2014 and had us win seven games like he won multiple games by the plays he made South Carolina in 2014 like we won that game because of him and Kurt um like they won that they won that bowl game versus when he got the sack record because of him 
Yeah. Like he, he made a huge impact. So I, I just think it is so underrated to have like a legit, legit rush guy. No offense to Tyler Barron at all. Catholic guy. You know, we can claim him because he was there for a year or two or whatever. Yeah. And I think he's going to have a good year, and I'm happy that he that he came back. I mean, it seems like years ago that he was considering leaving. But don't put him in, in Byron Young's category, even, even on dropping in coverage or stopping the run. Bro, Byron was a dog against stopping the run, too, even, that, yeah. even though he doesn't have – even though he looks like a third-down specialist, he played that run really well. He, I mean, hell, he had an interception last year. Like, he's just – that's why he's first team. He's on his own level. Yeah. So, no offense, no offense to Tyler Barron, but he's not, he's not Byron Young. Second team, Hendon Hooker, Cedric Tillman, Darnell Wright. I think all three of those guys, very deserving. Very yep. – you know, we're going to need big seasons out of all of them. Um, I think the only yeah. reason they're all – I think the only reason they're all second teams is because they got to deal with – Bama's Alabama, Georgia's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's literally the only reason Hendon's two is because it's because of Bryce Young, right? Yeah, you know the only reason Cedric is lower is because everyone has all of these expectations for the Bama and Georgia receivers, right? Not necessarily as much as for Cedric. So I get it, I get it. I, I, I don't necessarily like it. We'll see how it ends at the you know end of the season. We'll see how it is. Um, but I like that Darnell got a little shine in there too, because I wasn't necessarily expecting that, but I think he had a solid season last year. Um, you know, definitely wasn't like you, you didn't notice him a lot, which is exactly what you want as an offensive lineman. You don't want people hearing your name all the time for holdings and, and sacks given up and all that kind of stuff. So the more we don't notice you, the better that you play. So I'm hoping I'm hoping the best for Darnell this year, and I think yeah. he can. I, like I think he can be that guy. He he has the intangibles to do it. It's just all right, you know. Put 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 all the work you put in the off season and the film room and the studying, and put it out in the field. Yeah. Sometimes it's a little difficult for guys. Yeah, I I'm expecting I'm expecting good things from all of them. I mean, I think Hendon's going to be awesome. I think Cedric will be really good. I don't know if he'll have the production that he did last year. Cause I think he's going to get some doubles this year. Um, yeah. But I think, I think Darnell Rudd's going to be good. I, I'm a little surprised that Cooper was on third team. I'm happy for Cooper. I, I think he's good. I think his lack of size still hurts him a little bit. And mm-hmm. I, and I, I think sometimes in the, in the off season, people forget some things that might've been an issue last year. Actually, UT fans are pretty good about not forgetting stuff, but (laughs) we still had our struggles on offensive line. Like, matter of fact, like, thinking about the stuff that people forget, like, we were talking about Byron Young. I forgot that he didn't get to play against Pitt. You know, like, we all remember remember Joe Milton starts the game, and we all say that if he didn't have played the whole game, we would have won it, but, like, we didn't have Byron Young, which would have been – That's true. Wouldn't have been nice to have. But then, like, anyway, so, like, we forget that, like, Cooper did have some injury problems last year, some some durability issues, and he is still a little bit smaller. So, it's like, I hope he plays to a third-team all-SEC level because I think that's really good. But Jeremy Branks, I'm glad to see him on there. He deserves it from a production standpoint. Um, Trayvon, Trayvon Flowers, um, I'm happy to see that. I mean, it would be a very nice to have an, a, a, a big year from the old heads of Trayvon Flowers and – Tank McCullough, you know, we, those yeah. guys have been around a long time. I mean, they're much older and much wiser than they should be than some of these younger guys. So, exactly. um, 
so yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad to see those guys. It's good to have some guys on these first three teams compared to years past when it might have been Trey Smith and that's it, or you know, <laughs> Derek Barnett and that's it, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, eight. I was I was honestly shocked. Like when I first saw the graphic put out, I was like, oh damn, we got eight up there. Heck yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, eat your heart out, Jeremy. What'd you say? <laughs> I said, eat your heart out, Jeremy. Talk about Pruitt. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a good segue to uh, to finish this up. As, yeah, uh, you know, I'm a professional. Yeah, you are a professional. So <laughs> happy for these guys. And, you know, we, we all the sanction stuff came out about Jeremy Pruitt. I read a very little bit of it. It sounds like hopefully since Tennessee got rid of him and we were very compliant about stuff and that the administration over there has been great about everything. Hopefully we won't really get hit with much, but the only thing that I noticed and it cracks me up is that his wife was in on it. I'm like, you know what? I love that. This is, this is, you know, this is a family game because you get it. (laughs) This is SEC football. It means more. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know what? To be a coach, you have to have a coach's wife because they have to get how long you're going to be gone. They have to understand all the nonsense you're going to put up with. Yeah. The fans, the highs, the lows, the moving around. It's like, you know what? If she's in there getting dirty with her man and and and, and paying stuff, I like it. So I respect her. And you know what, Pruitt? I respect you for cheating, but I don't respect you for being A, bad at cheating, B, getting caught. And what I mean by bad by cheating, that's A, getting caught, and B, not winning games. Yeah. So, and once again, he didn't like you've said it before. Other people said it. He didn't learn to cheat at Tennessee. Like he just didn't do it as he didn't do it as well as his old bosses were telling him how to do it. Whether it was Jimbo or Nick or whoever. So, yeah, exactly. Once he had to do it on his own, it was not very productive. <laughs> his, his ability. Everybody knows the Reed side of it. He loves a good cheater. Um, oh, whoa, comes- whoa, 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 only in college, only in college sports. I like a good cheat, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Not, not anything else in life, yeah, uh, not anything else. Um, but yeah, I thought that was hilarious that like his wife was involved with it because honestly, I was not expecting that at all. It's like his wife, like what? Um, and then well, you, know, you know, she she coached at uh, I mean, not coach, she was in the uh, baby she's in compliance, yeah, she was at, in compliance. Day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then um, the, the, the big things is, you know, we already like taxed ourselves as much as we could. And I don't think the NCAA will take what will like bowl us from ban or like a bowl ban um, because they really just like put out something that was like, Hey, if no one is there from the time before it, we do not want to, you know, hinder other people's, you know, time on campus. And, and which is how, which is how it should be. Yeah. Which is how it should be. And since everybody's gone. Um, but like the two things that could happen is vacated wins and losing scholarships who gives a crap about the vacated wins. I mean, we barely won anyways with Pruitt, and it's just like, okay, there's 17 games. Cool. Um, we've got like 850 wins. Uh, so, but the scholarships is what would absolutely suck. I hope they don't do that because of the fact that we gave up 12 scholarships last year, and then we're under the cap this year. Like, it's like 85, and we're under that. Like, Hypo said that at SEC Media Days. So I'm hoping 
that carries some weight and NCAA is a little lenient because dude, like the, like this coming in on your third year as a head coach and being like, Hey, you don't have 15 scholarships. That would, that like, that would really hurt everything that you're like really trying to build towards. So, yeah. And and to finish up, I I think, I, I think that is, it's huge. And to know that Hypel's like, hey, like we're in a much better spot than we were. And I don't know if I heard this on radio. And this actually might have been in SEC Media Day. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I didn't see it from there. I, I don't know if I read it or if I heard it on the radio or from somewhere else. But like him talking about like we're in much better shape as a program, which I always think back to the first spring practice we saw to the, the drastic change to when we went to fall camp and how much better it was. Mm-hmm. And then we go this year at spring and we're like, this is looking even better, even better. Right. And, now, and now I'm excited to go again for fall to yep. maybe see how some of the, the freshmen uh, have, have progressed or some of the younger guys maybe have progressed. Yes. But if, if, if our coach thinks that there were some times where our defense didn't play as well, or maybe we lost games, because we just didn't have the depth, then, like, that's a big deal to get back to where you need to get. Like, granted, like, make fun of me if you want. I get it. It's just high school football. But I can I can relate to this in a way because we went through it. But my senior year, junior year, mm-hmm. you know, where we had moved up a division and we're playing all the, the, the schools that had four, five, six hundred, maybe to a thousand students more than us. Yeah. I mean – we were we were playing both ways. Like you you didn't get a you you didn't get a break. You played. I think the only time I ever got a break was maybe kick return. Maybe yeah. you know what I mean. So it was yeah. like so it was like that's why we were. And I'm not saying that some of the reasons we lost some games at Catholic my senior year was because I think if we still had our old coaching, it would have changed it. But like when you have 22 guys. I mean, when you have 11 guys and they're, they're, you know, we'll say maybe 14 guys and they're, they're the 14 guys are playing all 22 positions. Well, why do you think that we're, we were beating the hell or beating teams pretty handily? And then third quarter comes around and it's just like, yeah. And you, and and I remember playing like, you don't, you don't realize your gas, but you, you don't realize that you're a step slower than you were at the beginning of the game. Mm -hmm. Like you were, you know, you're 310 pounds and you're playing you know, left tackle and defensive tackle. And it's like, you know, when we were really good at Catholic, we were rotating defensive line like like we were a college team. Yeah. You know, so so imagine putting that on an SEC level. Exactly. And you got and you got D linemen that aren't getting the rest that they need. Like I don't care. I, mean, how I think I think that was the biggest difference in that Alabama game. Like we just like run out of gas, man. Like we literally ran out of gas. Our defensive line couldn't keep up with our O line. Like they were freaking gassed by the end of it. I mean, it was a one score game in the fourth quarter. Like yeah, it really I, was, and it, it's I just think, like I if think, we have I more think, depth, it, it, there's a different. Like especially on defense, that was what we yeah. needed. I think Alabama. I think Florida. I think maybe a little bit yeah. of the Ole Miss game. I mean, who wasn't tired after that Ole Miss game? Hell, I was exhausted after the Ole Miss game. I didn't play. I didn't play a snap. We were there for 17 hours. I mean, my gosh, like, so, yeah, the, I just hope people understand how much it really matters because you're thinking, like, well, yeah, like, depth matters because of what, injuries? No, because if I'm good enough to give you 
like you're our defensive tackle starter, but I'm our backup, and I can give you eight to 12 good quality plays for you to rest, but it's not a huge drop-off when Rodney Garner sends me in or when Tim Banks sends me in. So it's like, you know, like there were times I remember watching the film and like, you know, Caleb or Mari Thomas, Elijah, Matthew Butler, like they didn't have the same juice in the third or fourth quarter as they maybe did in the first or second. And that's not their fault. Yeah, that's not at all. That's just them giving literally 100% from the very start. And it's just like you run out. You really do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that would be huge if we lost us. I just – I really hope I, – I just really hope they're like, here, vacate these wins. I'm like, good, take them. Like, would much rather you take a shitty past than affect a bright future. You know what I mean? Couldn't, couldn't have said it better. But good pod. One day you will join my dad and I in the ace uh, hole-in-one club. I will will say this. I will say this. My story of the hole in one was awesome. I got it on the last hole that I was playing on my birthday in 2015. Last hole of the day. What a gift. At the week course on my birthday, got a hole in one. Now, the one thing that my dad does have on me is my home course that is very, very near and true to my heart is I don't have one at Holston Hills yet, but I'll get one. I'll get All right. I'm, I'm gonna show I'm gonna show up. We're gonna go to practice. I'm gonna make a hollow one and rub it in your face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for watching and listening. Uh, if you are watching, please subscribe, hit that notification bell, uh, hit that like button, and leave some comments. Leave us questions. Uh, talk about reading his long stories uh hey if you want to rip on golf talk talk rip on golf talk that's fine with me uh and if you're listening please rate and review uh leave us five stars share with your friends and family um and if you want to follow us on social media at uh believe in tennessee on twitter for our main account at r bacon 26 for read at kyler kerbison for facebook instagram twitter it's all the same so you follow me there um and super excited for this season to start you know here in a couple weeks we are going to be going to practice so we will have breakdowns of offense and defense so you guys know exactly what's going on behind the scenes uh that is a little vfl perk if you will so very excited about that um as always go balls Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.